Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Got legal questions? She's got the answers. It's time for Lisa on the Law, now on WICC 600 AM and 107.3 FM. And welcome. So we are doing Lisa on the Law, the telephone number 203-333-9422. Best to email me at lisa at wicc600.com or at lisa at lisawexler.com through my website. Let's go first to Erin from Wallingford. Hello, Erin, and welcome. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much. A pleasure. So, Erin, how can I help you? Um, I had a question um, regarding wills and um, my special needs child. My husband had passed away about three years ago. Um, Originally, we had wills done when we first got married. Um, Four years into the marriage, we had a child um, diagnosed with a special need. Um, I've since redone my will due to my husband's passing. However, my child is under age 18. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I wasn't sure if I need a separate document in addition to the will due to to the child's special needs, Um, if I need to set up a trust account or be more specific in the will or if it's just a separate document in general. So you've heard this term special needs trust. Let me explain what that is intended for. So, and Erin, I'm very sorry about the loss of your husband. Thank you. A young child. So a special needs trust is typically an instrument in which, and, and a trust in general is an instrument in which instead of giving money directly to the person, in this case to your son, you have to give it to somebody else, a trustee, who will watch it for the benefit of your son. So the trustee is a fiduciary, and the trustee has to put the money in an account and has to account to it for the pro- to the probate court and has to make sure that they are doing everything with integrity. They're not running and spending the money and buying themselves a yacht, right? They have personal responsibility. So why do we do a special needs trust? The reason we do a special needs trust, specifically, which we call a, quote, special needs trust, is for people that we assume are going to be dependent on state aid. 
So I don't know the extent to which your son, Aaron, may be really disabled or maybe somebody who, you know, by the age of 18 will not need to be dependent on state aid. I don't, I've never, I don't know your son. I haven't met your son. I don't know you. But if you anticipate that your son might be in a group home, if your son has an IQ of 69 and under, if your son is severely autistic, if you anticipate that your son may need to have state aid, then the reason people want to do special needs trusts is because the special needs trust, and this is a little bit complicated, but I'm just going to go with it with you, Erin, okay? Okay. Is, is it's a mechanism in which money that you have will go for your son's benefit, but it will not be considered by the state money that would throw him off his other benefits. Does that make sense to you? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Um, you, in terms of the IQ level, um, yeah. just turning into another direction, if the IQ level is above the 69, I think that's the number you gave. Yeah. What would be the other scenario? Okay. So the reason I mentioned 69 and under is because people with that profile uh, qualify to be helped by the Department of Developmental Services, DDS, in Connecticut, and many of those people end up on state aid. That's why I use that number. Uh, over 69, uh, it just means that they're not automatically in the category of DDS. So those people could still need uh, state aid as a matter of functionality, right? I mean, it all depends on whether or not they're going to be able to work and support themselves. Do you think that your son is likely to have the, the intellect and the ability to be able to have a job and support himself one day? Um, it, it's, it's kind of hard to determine at this point in time. There's other diagnosis in addition to the ASD okay. as well. Okay. So it's kind of hard to determine at this point. Um, he's still young. So a special needs trust, if you set it up now, there's two ways to do it, Erin. One is you could redo your will. And in your will, you have special needs trust language, and it says that upon my death, uh, my, all my money for my son doesn't go directly to my son. It goes to the special needs trustee, um, and the trustee can only give my son money in a discretionary way that will not impair his right to receive other benefits. So, for example, this is what it is. If you're supported by the state of Connecticut, if you're on welfare, if you're, you know, I'm just using colloquial terms. If you're, so, if you're getting SNAP benefits for food stamps and you're getting welfare and you're getting Husky, the state says, well, we're supporting you because you don't have any other means of support. But if you have a parent who left you a million bucks, what do we need to support you for? Right? You hear what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Understandable. Understandable. So, understandable. So the special needs trust is something that lawyers came up with to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't have enough to support our son forever and ever the way he's going to need to be supported because that would be $250,000 a year. And even if we had a million dollars in four years, he'd be out on the street. So we're going to take our million dollars and we're going to put it to the side because we know the state doesn't pay for an extra set of boots a vacation to Disneyland, uh, some medical, you know, an extra set of, of eyeglasses. Maybe the state will give him one, but we want him to have three because he loses his glasses or not. Maybe we'd like him to always get an updated Mac computer 
or some kind of, you know what I'm saying? Or swimming lessons or the millions of things that make life richer and, and just altogether easier to manage, but they're not his apartment. They're not his basic food supply. They're not his basic essential clothing. So the special needs trust is set up for the extra money and it's, and it's, and it's put aside that way. But the person who manages it, Erin, the special needs trustee has to really know what they're doing. See, that's your key. If you're going to set up a special needs trust, you have to make sure that the trustee understands the rules of the game. Because if they spend money that they're not supposed to spend for the benefit of your son, then he could be deprived of the benefits that he's already receiving. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, definitely. So that's very, very key. So one of the things you could do is you could redo your will and put the special needs trust language in the corpus of your will, in the context of your will itself. And the other thing you could do is set one up on its own. But, I, you know, I don't know if you have the wherewithal to put money in it right now. Most people don't. They, they, they do special needs trusts with money when they die. But, you know, it's up to you. I don't know, I don't know your financial situation. I don't know how much money you have. So the account, Lisa, I just want to make sure I'm understanding. The account can be set up at this point in time. It's not too early. No, you can set it up now. You can fund it now. You can okay, definitely can start. Fund, you okay. can definitely start. You can start. You can start with X. Let's say ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars, and next year put in another twenty, and then another twenty. You can keep adding to the special needs trust. You can keep doing that. And you can keep gifting to a special needs trust for the benefit of your son. Okay, you so it could be gifted. That. It could be gifted over time too as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what it is. You're gifting to it, right? That is what it is. Okay, he's not, so that, he's not earning the money. You're giving him the money, right? It shouldn't involve um, anything in regards to tax matters. No, it could. It could if you're giving over the amount that Connecticut says you're not supposed, or the, you know, but. Yes, it could. And that's why you need to have good professionals with you because it doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means you have to file a return telling the government you've done it. There's no tax on it. It's not a taxable event to give the money. It's just the government sometimes wants it reported. Okay, understandable. And and you need a good attorney. I've checked around, and the typical cost to set one up is about $2,000 to $2,500 in our Fairfield County area. Okay. Would you... I don't know if it's if it's um, if you're able to mention in terms of attorney um, what type of law in terms of like a special needs attorney. I don't know if there's anything. Oh, that- yeah, this is important. It's a good question, Erin. Yes. So generally speaking, any attorney who says that they do trusts and estates should be able to do a special needs trust for you. OK, great. That's, I mean, and if they can't, then you're going to move on to another one that can. But usually your basic trust and estates attorneys can do special needs trusts. Okay. And you have to have somebody, you know, you have to have somebody who you trust to be your trustee. This is the key, Erin. I hope you have somebody like that in your life. Yes, I I do have a couple of people on my mind. I just have to narrow it down to an ultimate decision. And they have to know the law. They have to be very aware that the law changes. For example, some of these laws one year may say that 
you can do the spending in a special needs trust on a big TV screen, but the next year they may say, no, you can't. I get really, really picky with this crap. So just make sure that there's somebody who is keeping abreast of what the rules and regulations are. Okay, understandable. There's a a wonderful organization in Connecticut called PLAN, P-L-A-N, and it's an acronym, and you can look it up online. Look up PLAN Special Needs CT, and you'll find it. And they have very excellent staff there that can tell you all the answers to specific questions about special needs trusts. It's what they do. They set them up for people. The plan is all about people that are setting up special needs trusts that when the person passes away, the money reverts back to the state. So some of when you set up a special needs trusts, depending upon how you do it, if all the money isn't spent by the time your son passes away, some of the trusts allow you to give that money to somebody else in your family, and some of them say, no, you can only give it back to the state of Connecticut. So there's a little bit of homework that you want to do with that, too. Okay, great, great. Okay. All right. So okay, did I great. answer some? Is there anything else I left on the table? Is there anything else you want to know? Um, no, that was the extent of my questions, and you gave me so much more than um, so much more information than I had originally, and I thank you for that. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Erin. I'm very happy to be helpful to you, and I hope, I hope everything goes well with you and your family, and I thank you for asking me. Thank you. I appreciate that. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Not everybody wants to be on on air. I wish that they would, but they don't. So we're getting some emails from people, too. So, Justin, we've got an email from someone named Don from Bridgeport. What does Don want to know? That is correct. Uh, Don from Bridgeport would like to know, how do I know from my deed what happens to my house when I die? Oh, okay. Oh, that's an interesting question. You know, somebody recently came in and asked me, Uh, They showed me a deed, and they wanted to know, well, what would happen if their wife died? Did they get the property automatically? Or if they died first, who got the property automatically? So this is a very common question, and it's an issue where a lot of people in Connecticut may not be aware of the law because they may have assumed, if they're married, that when they got the real estate and the real estate said it went to Alan Smith and Marilyn Smith, that that meant that if Alan dies, Marilyn gets the house. And if Marilyn dies, Alan gets the house. But actually, that's not the way it works in Connecticut. So you ready? So in Connecticut, 
in order to give property to two people where one of them will have to survive the other when the other one dies, what we call a joint tenancy with right of survivorship, the word joint tenancy or the word survivorship has to be in the deed. So let me explain by giving you another example. In New York, for example, New York, for example, if you are married to somebody and the deed says it goes to Alan Smith and Marilyn Smith, his wife, then the law recognizes that what you meant to say was that it went to the two of you jointly and that if Alan dies, Marilyn gets the whole house and if Marilyn dies, Alan gets the whole house. That's not the case in Connecticut. In Connecticut, if you said to Alan Smith and Marilyn Smith, his wife, big deal. They don't care. It has to say joint tenants with right of survivorship. So, so Don, in response to your question, the first thing you have to do is look at your deed. And you have to see literally how your deed was worded. And if your deed was worded to you and your wife as joint tenants or as joint tenants with right of survivorship, then what happens is by operation of law, without a probate court, without a judge, without anything, by operation of law, when you pass, your wife automatically owns the entire house. And if she were to pass before you, you would automatically own the entire house. Period end. By operation of law. That's what joint tenancy means. It bypasses a will, for example. So let's say your will, you said you wanted to leave your house to your daughter. But in your deed, it said you and your wife as joint tenants. Your will is disregarded. Your will doesn't count. What counts is the deed. That came first, and that counts at the moment that you became the grantee under the deed, the moment that you bought the house. Now, what is the alternative to joint tenants? What if it's to Alan Smith and Marilyn Smith, and it doesn't say joint tenants? Well, that means under Connecticut law, that you take the property as tenants in common. And tenants in common, which is a legalese term, and I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but there's a legalese term here. Tenants in common basically means each of you own 50% of the property. And that means when you have a will, you can bequeath your 50% of the property to whomever you want. Because upon your death, your wife is not automatically getting your share. So it's either joint tenancy by right of survivorship where it says it, it has to say joint tenants, or by right of survivorship in the deed itself, or it defaults into tenancy in common. And I cannot tell you how often as a probate judge I've seen people come in, widows, widowers come in, and they've said, I thought I got the house. I don't understand. I thought I owned the house. And now my lawyer's telling me I don't own the house? Yeah. Because if when you originally bought the house, your lawyer didn't look at the deed properly and make sure that it was titled properly to you and your spouse with a right of survivorship, then when your spouse dies, that half of the property becomes a probatable asset. It has to pass through a probate. It goes by means of the will. And it's a whole Megillah. So... The long and the short answer to your question, Don, is you have to look at the deed first, and the deed will tell you who gets the house when you die. If it doesn't say joint tenants with right of survivorship, then the person who gets your share of the house when you die is by means of your will, and if you haven't made a will, it will go to your next of kin by operation of our law of intestacy for people who die without a will. I hope I've answered your question properly, Don Justin. Thank you for asking it. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 